0: Hello everyone, this is Future Thomas here to give you a brief update on this week's episode. For those of you that have listened to our introductory episode, you'll recall that between the four of us here at ICAST Fireball, we span across three different states, and that can present its own challenge when it comes to creating quality audio content. I just wanted to jump in here and preface this week's episode by saying we did have some technical difficulties with my audio when we recorded, but thanks to Mickey's amazing sound editing skills, we were able to get the audio up and running. It's not the full crisp quality sound we try to give you from week to week, but it should still be enough to help immerse you in the tense moments that are bound to come. But we wanted to give you all a heads up, especially in this exciting follow-up episode. Now, without further ado, on to this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we play through the campaign, Journey of Dragons. My name is Thomas, and we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen,
1: and Fleeple.
0: So last we left off, our adventurers had made a deal with a group of orcs in the camp to bird down the said camp to the ground and use the attack as a distraction to save the prisoners and then escape the cultists' grasp. Fleeple was able to convince his toothless friend's new clan to join in on the attack, creating further chaos. In preparation for the attack, the prisoners were located... A rope had been knotted by Mal, and just before dusk, they were approached by Balam, the blue-skinned tiefling with halfling escort. They were told to follow, to receive an award, and they left Fleeple slash Jank behind. Little did they know that once they entered the tent, not only would they be meeting Frulan Mondath, but Balam would be revealing that there are traitors in the camp. So, just to set the scene again, you are in a, you're in a square tent. And in front of you is Frulon Mondath, a somewhat small, not necessarily diminutive cr- creature, but she is a human um, with uh, short pixie-cut uh, cut hair, and she is very much in control of this entire tent, control of this entire room. In here, you have Ildrex, and you have Balam, and then you have the halfling that was accompanying Balam, and the two of you, both Mal and. Lance, and that those are the only recipients of the tent currently. Brulan Mondath, she turns to Balam and goes, So, Balam, you say these two new recruits are not what they appear? They are indeed spies. It is a bold accusation, even for just younglings, if you will. So, please, what evidence do you have of this? To which Balam expertly and uh, very comfortably walks up and goes Mondath, you know that there are those in the camp that would seek to overthrow you, to take leadership from you. It is no secret in our organization that we reward initiative, but to go against the leader of a camp well, that is (laughs) someone has to be quite crafty and requires a lot of planning for that to occur. When I was on the most recent guard with Ildrix here. We came across these two individuals on the road. They had donned cultist robes themselves, and upon further investigation, they had pendants themselves as well. Well, one of the watchmen on the rocks, they spotted them, and they started to attack. So naturally, Ildrix, myself, and everybody else had to attack as well, until Ildrix... And at this point, Balan looks over to Ildrix, who is standing in the corner with his arms folded, stopped the attack. Quite unusual for one of his station. We all know that after a raid on a town, we don't necessarily wear the garb of our of our order. We don't wish to give ourselves away unless explicitly in the service of her queen herself. So this was quite amusing to me and alarming to me as well as I further investigated, questioned and invited one of them into my own side of the camp. He looks right to you, Mal. I was curious, and upon further questioning, further investigation, I became troubled with what I had found. At this point, Balam is circling the room, sort of uh, creating some sort of presentation for Mondath, and circling in front of you, Lance, and you, Mal, going over to Ildrix, sort of a slow back and forth. I became suspicious, so I sent Ovac to properly quell this half-orc's possible disobedience. When Ovac was unexpectedly beaten in combat, I became even more cautious, and I sent this halfling here to follow her around, see what she did, see who she associated with. Much to my surprise, she had previously claimed that her and this elf here had some minor interaction to where they, there was a drinking game that was lost and that was all that they had in common, but throughout the hours and as the hours toiled on and on, my spy here recorded a number of occasions to where they uh, shared camp with one another. They discussed things in private. And so I ordered him to go listen in. You can, Imagine my surprise when they two were actively seeking to cause a commotion, cause a riot here in the camp. At this point, Mondath looks at the halfling and goes, Is this information true? Is Balan putting words in your mouth, or, is it, or are these the things that you heard? And the halfling goes, ah. Yeah, yeah, yes, Mondeath. Yes, uh, I... I uh, they, they found a little cavity uh, in, inside the, the mountain here, and I followed them. And when I had found them, they were with... Um, uh, uh, the the Havork was with the Elf, and they were discussing how to uh, cause a ruckus, if you will, a commotion to uh, create chaos in the camp. Um, I wasn't able to glean um, their purpose, but and Balam steps in at this point, but I believe the purpose is quite clear. We just have to go back to the first encounter that we had with them. Who stopped them from getting killed? Who stopped the attack? Why it was none other than, uh, Ildrex here. And all attention goes up to Ildrex, who is taken aback and is not expecting this attention here. Mondath, if you will, in addition to this recent events, I have been performing a month-long investigation against Ildrex himself, and I have picked up vital information that he has been quietly sowing the seeds of dissent, and finding an opportunity like this to cause this said ruckus, to show his leadership, and, from my sources say, to have an unfortunate accident come upon you yourself, Mondath. Why... You are aware, as I am, that Resmere herself, she prefers to truly reward those who take initiative, and if there is an accident, she has little care of how the accident happened. She just wishes to reward those that have the strength to take control. <laughs> I, myself, didn't want to see you come into one of this unfortunate accidents, so I found myself following Ildrex, and I have the proof that he has been behind these two entering into the camp, causing the said commotion and threatening your very life. At this point, Ildrix, he's not sitting, but he uh, he comes to attention and he just yells, That's a bold-faced lie, Balum, and I'll have your horns for that. He starts, Ildrix starts to run over to Mondath, but Mondath, without even raising her hands, and mind you, she's only like maybe five foot three, she shoots Ildrix a glare, and the moment Il- she looks at Ildrix, he just <clears throat> stops in his tracks. He clenches his fist and he just stands there. He doesn't move back, but he just stands there. Not by any magical means was he stopped, but it seems her authority has stopped him dead in his tracks. <laughs> you two are in between Balaam and Ildrix, and still facing Mondath directly. <laughs> at this tense confrontation here, I just want to check in on Fleeple. Yeah. Fleeple, they've been gone about maybe 15, 20 minutes. Is there any minutes? Yeah, minutes here. So, wow. uh, is there anything in particular you wanted to do? I mean, it's uh, it has been a little bit of time. Uh, just didn't know if you wanted to, just if you were just sitting out there for the entire duration. I just wanted to make sure that you had that
1: opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't want to blow any cover. So, I figure Fleeple's probably just waiting for the next signal to send up the moonbeam.
0: Okay. Sounds good. I just wanted to make sure, sh- uh, we hadn't talked about them before the before then, so uh, we'll go back to the tent in the co- tent's confrontation. Mondath, she she brings her hands up to her mouth and uh, she pushes what she was writing off to the side and she slowly stands up and as she stands up she calls out and goes, gods, gods, and one of the tent flaps open opens on the north side and goes, yes Mondath. Please, send for Langdorosa. I need his guidance in this matter here. This is troubling to the extreme, and I need his wisdom on this matter. Uh, right away, Mondath, yes. And immediately, just... Tempflap closes, and just runs off. So you say, Belon, that these two were brought in as spies into the camp. And it's, it's quite severe, the accusations you have against Ildrix here, one that has been with us for most of his life. I'm not one to dissuade and to disregard years, yea, even decades of service, so I will need the proof that you say that you have. Without further ado, Balam reaches into the folds of his uh, robe and says, Why, of course, Mondath, if you see, these reports are signed by members of the camp here. Other scouts that I have sent, one of them even by Ovak herself, saying that she has overheard in certain conversations with specific soldiers of his specific retinue that he has been creating a moment just like this. Thankfully, we've stopped him from the, from these plans proceeding forth, and thankfully we can deal with this. And before Balan can even go any further, Mandesh just holds up her hands while she's slowly reading these reports. And it's tense. You can cut the... Situation with a knife in this tent here, and she just demands complete silence as she slowly reads through these counts. <laughs> Two minutes. Three minutes of silence. <clears throat> the occasional cough and shuffling of feet. Mandath goes, oh, The amount of witnesses you have against Ildrex here are extensive. However, I do not see anybody outside your own retinue.
2: Hmm.
0: She goes, You, you elf, you are being charged with treason, yet you stand there silently. That shows me you have some decorum of respect. Tell me, do you plead guilty to these accusations?
3: No. I just like to watch someone
0: dig their own grave. I look over at Ballum. <laughs> oh, a bold accusation. Are you saying you have information on. that could. enlighten us in this situation? Um, yes. Thank you. It's
3: true that Mara and I have been talking throughout these first couple days we've been here in the camp, and it is true we have been talking about insurrection and causing chaos. However, the motive behind that, and I look at the little halfling, is far beyond the grasp of these two, apparently. We were commissioned by uh, Kavar, the recruiter, to find any and all insurrectionist activity already occurring in the camp and so playing that side we have been going about trying to find any motives that people had to cause insurrection and chaos so yes we have been playing double agents saying the things that they that this halfling does say we've said but not for the purpose of actually overthrowing the camp it's for the purpose of securing the camp
0: Hmm, and you say Kavar gave this order to you. To which Ildrex uh, pipes up and goes, um, this elf here, he brought to my attention after we had, as Balaam said, conveniently saved their lives. He had he and the half-orc here. They went back to the camp while we finished out our watch to make sure no other stragglers followed behind. And in the conversations, he said that Balaam here had been speaking ill of the leadership, the higher-ups. So, with Kavar's blessing and with my discussion with her, we thought it best to to assign these two to try to root out any insurrection here. And it
3: seems that we have. And I just look over at Balam.
0: Well, I find myself in a unique position. Two figures in authority saying that each other wishes to cause an insurrection. Uh, the only person that I don't believe has spoken or has even looked at me this entire duration is the half-orc in front of me. And with this, she walks straight up to you, uh, Mal, and even if you, wherever you try to look, unless you're looking up or straight ahead, she just meets your gaze. She stares up directly into you, uh, into your eyes, and she gets within inches of you, and she just studies you. A lot of words have been said. What do you have to say on the matter here?
2: I I'm just tired muscle. I, I'm, I met the elf. we were trying to come into camp and when we came into camp, Kava asked us to find insurrectionists and so I've just been I've been following his lead. Um, with that smart scarf around his neck. he seems really you know kind of, I don't know someone to to listen to. so I, I thought it was a good idea.
3: I, I touch my scarf very nervously for someone to mention it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And actually uh, goes, I must say that uh, outside of this conversation, your fashion is impeccable, um, if I may just say so. Uh, I, I, I don't get a chance to wear yellow very often with uh, us wearing the black robes, but very good taste. Uh, but you were saying halfords. So continued. he
2: he convinced me that the best way to climb the ranks and really prove our loyalty was to do what Kava said, and and I agreed. So I've been following his lead, and we've been going talking to people, trying to find root out some insurrection. And I agree with what he's saying about Balam. I feel like I don't know that maybe he's trying to find some scapegoats, and that feels really tricky to me.
3: And may I add that. When Balam had sent Ovac to assault Mara here, Mara had every opportunity to kill them and didn't, brought them to Balam's feet for recovery. Instead, if we really wanted this camp to die, we would take every opportunity
0: to cause it to happen. All right, somebody can roll a deception check with advantage or you both can roll a deception check if you'd like. I just imagine Flippo like cutting, like opening a really like fine cheese right now.
1: Like. Ah. <laughs> 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 yes. I'm just uh, inhaling it with just like the littlest. <laughs> 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 He's got a That's wine. A nice. <laughs> He's pairing it with a wine. <laughs> mm, delectable. This is red wine. Here. Red wine with red Lester cheese. Mm. <laughs>
0: Suddenly, you're just in this fine silk robe for some reason. Anyway. (laughs) So, do you want to roll with advantage, or do both of you want to roll a deception check here?
3: What do you say, Mickey?
2: I feel like Lance needs the advantage.
3: I barely have an edge on deception right now. Lance, advantage of deception here. This is where I should have kept that inspiration. Ah. (laughs) Okay. we go. It's not there. It's not. It's not good. It's not very good. It's a, ni- it's a nine. Okay.
2: With advantage. Ah. Oh. With
3: advantage. Yeah. Wow. wow. A five Thunders. and a seven.
2: It would have been a ten for me. So. We're
3: fine. Oh well. Not very much <laughs> closer.
2: Wouldn't have mattered.
1: Oh, well, that would have been an eighteen for Fleeple. Look at that. Okay. Well, get your <laughs> cheese and get in. Here. <laughs> the wine is just uh, is just enhancing your charisma, Fleeple. Yes, the social lubricant, as it were. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, so, Lance, as, uh, and Mal, Lance and Mal, as Mondath just stares at both of you, she goes, A troubling situation I find myself in. One I do not believe I will be able to solve on my own. Guards? Immediately, another tent flap opens up. Two humanoid guards open up the flaps, and they go, Yes, Mondath. For the time being, why don't you join us inside here, please? Um... We have some very serious uh, conversations occurring, and I just wish to have some extra muscle in here, if you will. Of course, Mondath! And immediately, right behind you, Lance and Mel. Oh, I believe the only thing we have to do is wait for additional guidance on this. At this time, Filippo, with your passive perception, you are not too far from the tent, if I recall. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, maybe uh, a couple of... Actually, where, where were you exactly? So, Fleeple was pretty close to Kava's tent, kind of on the other side of the clearing. That's right. That's right. So, being at Kava's tent,
0: um, you have a direct line of sight. Even though um, the sun is setting, you have dark vision, greater dark vision, if you will. So, um, you're able to take off your magical glasses, and you really just, ah, finally, I can see. And as you do, you see a figure exit from the cave that is not too far from the major tent, um, and with your passive perception, you're able to identify that this is a half dragon figure, a blue half dragon figure. I turn around.
1: <laughs> you turn into a beak thing <laughs> <laughs> and act <acting>. like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you turn around. Yeah, I I shuffle uh, on the ground and uh, just kind of grab some rocks, and I like kind of I'm just tossing the rocks around on the ground in front of me. Uh, trying to be unobtrusive, but kind of peeking out the corner of my eye at this individual. Great.
0: Keeping yourself busy, uh, you're able to identify that the half-dragon individual is indeed Langdorosa, the individual that you fought in Greenest. And as he stops at the front entrance to the cave, he seems to be talking to two of the guards, very heavily full-plate armor individuals uh, that, uh, at the entrance, seems to be giving them some orders, uh, explaining some stuff. But it seemed before he started that, his intent was to go to the tent in particular. So, that's what you pick up as this uh, whole situation is occurring. Uh, Is there anything you do with that
1: information? Mm, Snap, I don't have any communication sort of spells. I'm going to look over at Leosin the monk and see if he's reacting at all to this.
0: Easy enough. Um, He's not hidden. He's in the clearing. Uh, And uh, with your passive perception, it's easy enough to see that Leosin is... uh, is playing the part of a uh, poor, poor captive victim here. Um, from your short conversations, you know that he has a little bit more vibrancy in him. He has a little bit more vitality than he's showing off, but he's very focused on playing the part. Uh, so he doesn't seem to be uh, reacting to Langda uh, in particular. Oh, all right, Fleeple, what are you doing?
1: I mean, Fleeple doesn't want to ruin the plan. Great.
0: That's totally fine. Okay. Sure. Uh, so... Uh, with that, you see that Langda after giving the orders, uh, quickly turns around and starts making his way to the tent and uh, removes one of the flaps. And going back into the tent, you one of the tent flaps on the north side, um, as the tent flap opens, you see that the entrance of the cave is on the other side over there. And uh, this familiar half-blue half, dra- half blue dragon enters in and goes, Yes, Mondath, how can I be of assistance? And immediately just stops in his tracks. And he looks at both of you.
1: You know, it's interesting. Fleeple was so worried about being recognized that he forgot that this guy had seen Mal and Lance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: He just stares and looks at both of you and goes, Why do you have these heroes of Greenest in your tent? Who brought these into the camp? And he just stops forward and he grabs you, Mal, in particular by the shirt by your armor just lifts
1: you up and goes you freak of dishonor do i hear that from outside go and roll a perception check you are listening perception uh okay that's a 19
0: 19 (laughs) yeah fleeple with your high enough roll uh because you were you were clued into Langdorosa coming out of the cave, going into there. You can hear these Langdorosa yelling as he goes into, as he's in the tent. Not necessarily what he's saying, but you can, tear, you can hear yelling and just this uh, draconic, just shouts.
3: How far away did we leave Fleeple from the tent? Sorry if we've answered this
0: question already. Uh, I'd say he's about maybe 80 feet or so, 80 to 100 feet. So he's fairly close. How far away am I from the entrance of the tent? Uh, You are a good maybe 15 feet, but you have two guards standing right behind you that came in. Uh, So yeah, you're about 15 feet from the entrance to the tent in particular. And Mal goes to you again. He just is in your face and goes, I'm
1: going to enjoy (laughs) you. <laughs> is it is it possible i know i can't see him right now but can i try and blast the moon beam through the roof of the tent on top of this guy
0: <laughs> um let's i i love the idea um l- let's let's roll for it let's uh let's make it a roll okay it's a fairly large tent but
1: What the heck? I'll let you do one more perception roll. Okay. Guidance. Guidance the heck out of this. Please, please, please. I'm... I gave my inspiration to Mal. Oh. Oh, That's an 11. 11.
0: Okay. That's going to determine what I need to roll in order for you to ride on top of him. So, uh, let's go ahead and see. So, I've made my roll. Uh, will you cast Moonbeam, yes? Yep. How far away do you have to be from Moonbeam again?
1: 120 feet.
0: Okay, sounds good. So as uh, you hear this yelling, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. <gasps> and you just cast Moonbeam and you thrust it out into the sky. As the sun is setting, the moon has, has still been in the sky throughout this entire day. Um, remember, it was a full moon the past few days. And the moon just shines almost like an explosion happens across the the surface of the moon just I guess very anime style if you will and just it's just this cylinder of moonlight comes crashing down where you think Lang Rosa is currently standing or at least the general vicinity of where they are um as you do uh Lance and Mal and everybody inside the tent, you hear this just this moonbeam come. I suppose uh, this just this force enter the tent. Uh, it's behind Mondath, and everybody turns back behind her desk where her living quarters are. And through the roof, just this bright, brilliant, just white light just encases the your your sight. Not hitting anybody, unfortunately, but uh, uh, this is the signal. It has been made.
3: As soon as I see that, I am going to backstab this dragon. Let's roll initiative. Of course, I'm rolling terribly tonight.
2: (laughs) Hey!
1: Well, at least it sounds like one of us got a good roll. Dude, I'm thinking back to last session when Thomas was having us roll those perception checks that were definitely to try and see the stupid halfling out there. I now realize. Yeah, that's right.
0: How much did we have to roll to see him? Every single time he was rolling a stealth as well. So there'd be times that he'd roll like a nine, but you guys would just be like, I got a seven. And there'd be times he'd
1: roll like an an 18 and you're like, oh, I did a 17, you know? So, um, okay. So for the audience at home, Jacob and I have this tenuous agreement that whoever dies first gets to be the bard. <laughs> so we might figure that and out. And right tonight. now,
3: right now, I'm in the crossfire. Crossfire! Crossfire! <laughs> <laughs> Ned, I would pitch to you, if you if you do the bard, if somehow you, Fleepo ends up dying, can you please come back as Mud, but Mud somehow has a musical <laughs> talent that we
0: never knew about? If Thomas
1: is okay with it.
0: <laughs> I just really like that guy you were with. <laughs> Mud's like a whistler. Look, three minutes yeah, whistling. He's, a whistling, he's a
1: whistling bard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll whistle and bar the whistling bard. I whistle all day, it's really not hard. (laughs) Okay, let's get initiative here.
0: So twenty-five to twenty. Okay, fifteen to twenty.
2: Uh seventeen.
0: Seventeen for Mal. Okay, ten to fifteen. Alright, five to ten.
1: Six. Lance with the six.
0: And Fleeple, what did you get?
1: Well when you roll a critical fail and your initiative is only plus three, you get a four. but hey i still got the first shot yes so you got you got you got
0: your shot in okay as the moonbeam comes down and just reverberates everywhere uh it's reverberating your soul almost wow that was dramatic it's reverberating your body um no
3: no that's canon it's in there are souls in this world (laughs) Yep. they
2: reverberate
0: and moonbeam reverberates them (laughs) <laughs> uh, Mal, you're actually first.
2: Um, 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 um. um. There's so many things I want to do, and I can't do them all on one turn. Okay, so
0: you are being essentially grappled by the Langdorosa in front of you.
2: To get out of the grapple is a full action. Great. I'll slap my chest and cast armor, major armor on myself.
0: Major armor sounds good. Now that the battle's gone down, you just. Smack your chest, and as you do, this purplish-reddish just energy emanates from where you smack and just encompasses you slowly at first, and then just over your entire body before it dissipates, still there, but invisible to the naked eye. Uh, Bonus action. Well, you you, you don't have any bonus actions, really, do you?
2: No, because... No, I'm done.
0: Okay, sounds good. After that, it's uh, Furulan Mondath's turn. She... And looks to the holy light behind her and she looks to um, in front and goes, Which one of you is doing this? Blaham, well, um, call off the, the holy light. Um, and she's going to ready herself essentially and just take the dodge action for the time being. So um, after that, it is the halfling who is. Who is going to spend their bonus action and hide? Uh, how could you hide in this tent? Halflings can hide behind individuals. That's right. Halflings can because they're little tent.
1: Sometimes two halflings.
0: Is <laughs> that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> That's a critical thing. Mm-hmm. Critical. Um, and so the halfling uh, darts uh, from your eye here. The halfling is going to run out the back, but then sneakily duck under one of the tent flaps and hide behind Balam, but with both of your passive perceptions, you see the halfling hiding, quote, unquote, so. So that is the halfling's turn. Uh, Jumping to
3: Lance, you're next. Whipping out my short sword and my dagger, I am going to just stab this half dragon thing. Okay, going with the short sword first. Go for it, roll. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, whoops, out of the thing. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's going to be a um, 23 to hit. That's a hit. Boom. And it is sneak attack because it has. It is technically sneak it attack. It is within yeah. five feet of. And if another enemy of the target is within five feet, which is Mal, so sneak attack yep, damage. That's correct. All right, sweet. So that is a D6 and another D6.
0: Cleeple, you're gonna be next, by the way. <gasps> oh, baby.
3: Almost max damage here. Um, this is gonna be 14 points of damage. 14 points of damage. Okay.
1: Very nice. That's more than I did during my entire first fight. Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: sad, but that's true.
3: <laughs> and I have dealt my sneak attack damage. So as soon as I do that with the rage of of balam screwing us up i am just going to so i have my short sword and my dagger in hand i stab the dragon with my short sword and as soon as i do that i thrust my dagger toward balam without releasing it and yet somehow balam is damaged by that okay necrotic energy releases through my dagger and shoots towards balam automatically hitting
0: and how much damage do they take? Five damage to Balum. Or Balam. Five damage to Balum, okay. Mm-hmm. Um as uh, exactly as Jacob had put it, as soon as uh this sneak attack occurs, uh just point over to Balum. Um and Jacob with your passive perception you you're, you're you're filled with rage, but behind it's almost as if a tuft of uh blonde hair like comes out from behind uh Balum. But as you blink, you just see him writhe in pain, and the blonde hair is gone. And goes, Uh, taking five damage. Well done. And I will say, next time,
3: keep your fork tongue between your teeth. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Boom. Okay, that was your action. That was my action, and with the bonus action, I will take my dagger and stab at the dragonborn—or not the dragonborn, the half dragon—again. Great, roll. Oh, cocked. <gasps> Natural twenty.
0: Oh, honey. Unfortunately oh, you don't boy. get the sneak attack, but go and roll, I do double the dice. I do not
3: get the sneak attack, but this yeah, is with twice. my dagger. That's a four. And this is can just I... the dice at this point. Yes, correct. There's no bonus for this. Or the, yeah, like yeah, bonus for the attack. I'm just can I roll two dice? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. I, yeah, I like the okay. two dice thing. That
0: is six damage. Six damage. All right. Wow. So 20 points of damage in one attack. Okay.
1: That feels good. It does. I mean, I'm Actions. not even the one dealing the damage, and it feels good.
0: And you're like, yes. Okay. Uh, do you move? <laughs> um, do I
3: move? I... Do I move? Because I can't hide. I've already done my bonus action. I've got two guards behind me. Mm. I don't know what... Yeah, I don't know what to do here. Um, I will move. Well, if I move away, he has an attack of opportunity, I believe. You don't know. Well, that's what I would think, at least. Um, Can I move to, like... I don't want to leave Mal behind.
2: I'm going to stay. I'm just just
3: staying.
1: I'm staying where I'm at. Okay. The race to the bard. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) I I I might just get, like,
3: Am I might just ganged up on right now. Mm-hmm. All
1: right, let it's your go. All right, I'm going to run up to the corner of the tent and peek my head underneath uh, so I can see inside. All right, this is the difficult part because this tent is completely
0: surrounded with drakes and guards. Um, they have they're on every single like uh, side of the square. Okay, so the two guards that entered, they were at the very entrance where you saw them walk in. And so there are two drakes that are sitting outside the entrance there. Um, So you'd have to somehow either get past them or you will be drawing attention to yourself if you do run over there and try to peek underneath.
1: Okay, you know, in that case, I'm not even going to worry about stealthing. I'm just going to zip past them, uh, giving them enough of a berth to not get within their attack range. And I'm just going to pop myself right underneath there. Uh, completely away from the drakes, so I can see what's going on. Great, sounds good. So you just use your full
0: movement to run in then? Yeah. Um, Because we said you were about like 80 feet
1: away. Oh yeah, I'm far away, okay. Yeah, you you are a little bit far away, I apologize. Yeah, so, okay, I'm going to stay where I am then, and hmm, I can move the moonbeam up to 60 feet in any direction on my turn so yeah i think it's an action but yeah yeah as an action on my turn i can move it up to 60 feet so i am going to Hmm. is there dang it um yeah sorry get another perception check to see if i can hear an idea of where people might be on the inside
0: absolutely um i will say uh no i'll 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 allow the this perception be a bonus action because i love
1: it all right modded 20.
0: modded 20 yeah um, you are able to identify uh, previously, if you had gotten a 20, you could like pick out his words. But with that modded 20, you're able to identify his screams of, like, uh, after getting just jacked by uh, Lance here, just oh, you,
1: um,
0: you were able to pick that out, and you're like, <clears throat>
1: That's the place. Move the moonbeam right on top of it.
0: And I assume you do this while just devouring a, a bottle of wine that you're finally
1: <laughs> yeah, like, drinking oh it as God. he's running. I'm going <laughs> to need this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm going. I'm going to be running in the direction of the tent, uh, but I'm doing it as if it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's going on? It's a wrecking. It's a wrecked train. I can't look away from it. So you make uh, 25 feet as your movement, I believe. Yeah. Uh, dude, I've got the full 30, it looks like. 30, great, yeah.
0: so you're 30 feet closer, still 50 feet away from the tent, though. Um, so, uh, we'll get there. Now, Lang DeRosa begins his turn, and when he begins his turn, uh, in the Moonbeam, he has to make a saving throw. I believe it's Constitution, Yep, right? DC, 13 con. 13,
1: let me roll that again. 13, okay, he rolled a 23. 23, so he succeeds, still takes half damage, which is five Radiant. Five radiant damage, okay. Wonderful. And he's just gonna go
2: uh,
0: And he just yells to the tent. Find a little traitor. The kobold will pay for his
1: hands. And I hear he's... that and I stop running and uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll just uh, see myself out. <laughs> And with this, he just, uh, um, Mal, he is going to just stare right in front of you. Ugh. Oh, what is he going to do? What's he going to do? What do? What's he going to what do? You what do,
3: you gonna
2: do What's he going to do, Thomas? What's he going to do?
0: Yeah, Mal, he's just going to stare right in front of you. And he just sucks in. And you feel your hair start to stand on end. I will say because it's a big wind up, I will allow you a dexterity saving throw, but with disadvantage here, so.
2: Hey, remember that time that uh, I don't have a backup character that's a bard, and it's the other two that wanted
0: Don't worry, me and Ned will will forward it too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> with disadvantage you said.
0: Actually actually, I just read up on Grappled, you don't have dis you don't fail dexterity checks still. So My bad. I thought you would have automatically failed, so I was giving you disadvantage, but um, reading the grappled condition, you just can't move. So just roll a normal dexterity saving throw.
2: Oh, hopefully that's not too bad. 19.
0: 19. So 19, that's a success. So you only take half this damage. Uh, Good. Yeah. uh, So you take 10 points of lightning damage.
2: (laughs) Twenty
3: points.
0: Oh yeah, that was a full twenty points. Oh boy! Oh boy! Woo. So you take ten points of lightning damage, and you are, oh, and it it hurt it. That hurts. And um, he's going to uh, toss you off of himself, uh, or at least let go. And uh, he's gonna look at you, you Lance, and he's going to action surge. Of course he, is. And he is going to pull out his great sword and so that is a 24 to hit
3: nope yes of course it does
0: and that is a 17 to hit
3: they both hit okay and because we have a DM who refuses to ever level us up <laughs> I do not have Uncanny Dodge or anything like that. <laughs> you do?
0: Oh, man. Okay. Nope, that's called level four. <laughs> Good news, only 14 points of piercing damage. Oh, only only half. There you go. <laughs> and that is going to be his turn. So we go to the top. Oh, nope, sorry. Guard one and guard two. Um, they are just caught off guard. Um, they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, off guard. <laughs> yeah, they're just caught off guard, and they're 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 pulling out their weapons the entire time, and they are were not prepared for this type of an attack. So that's them. And then finally, it goes to Balam. He ends the whole thing here, and he uh, is not looking too great. So he is going to let's see. He is going to
1: yeah. No, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's
0: not. He's going to cast a uh, ray of frost at
3: Mal here. Just as an edit, uncanny or er, uncanny dodge is level five. So even if we had leveled up, wouldn't we? <laughs>
0: there you go. There you go. Does an 11 hit your armor class?
2: Not currently.
0: Oh, very nice. So this ray of frost, he just. Yeah and he just thrusts it out, and as he does, it goes to you, but as it's about to impact you, it looks like it's about to hit your face, and that purplish reddish energy just catches the frost, but then it like envelops it, and just, and it like devours it to where it doesn't like dissipate, it just disappears inside of this invisible barrier, and Balaam goes, Mondad this isn't my doing. And he's going to try and back up away from all of you. So as as Balam uh, goes towards the entrance, he <laughs> reveals the halfling that had hidden behind him, and uh, the halfling's going, oh, oh what the, uh, and but so he's still in the tent. Balam is still actually no. Balam uh, runs out of the tent. He just books it out of the entrance, and as he does, Felipe, you see Balam just stumble out of the entrance there, past the two drakes who just look at him and are aware, like they're they're on alert. But he just runs ten feet out of the tent. So, he is now 40 feet from where you currently are at. So, we go to the top of the top of the initiative order. So, Mondath is going to roll a constitution saving throw.
1: Rolling good tonight, guys. That is a... Yeah, that's an 18. Well, guess who rolled two 10s, half damage, still 10 radiant. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that
0: feels good. Yeah. There you go. Well done. She is going to back out, and she is going to... Uh, Yeah, she's gonna back out of there and go towards where her (laughs) living area is now just demolished. And she's, as she does, she's going to cast spirit guardians on herself. And they're gonna erupt in a, uh, I believe five foot radius as well. But she seems to be backing away from the current situation here. Okay, orcs, it's
3: been six seconds, let's go.
0: (laughs) Yep, why aren't they at the tent already?
3: I could just imagine the orc camp. They're like, they've been making that freaking stew and they're just about to dig into it. And boom. Oh.
0: (laughs) Great. So that's uh, Modest's turn. It is the, let's see, Mal, you're next. They must have rolled really low too. They did. They rolled terribly. (laughs) Mal, what do you got?
2: Uh, As a bonus action, I do have a bonus action spell. I will cast Hex on... Langerosa,
0: Langerosa, great, great. In front of me, as you do, uh, this reddish uh, material erupts from your finger, almost as if it were like an actual liquid, and it falls on his chest. And he goes to scrape it off, but as it does, it just smears and grows into around him. And he's just slowly pulsing this this reddish color, and it's just emanating from him.
2: Great. Uh, he will have disadvantage on. Um, wisdom saves for so he can't see Lance if he's hiding.
0: So that's wisdom checks, you mean?
2: Yeah, wisdom checks. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. So that was your bonus action.
2: Yeah, that was my bonus action, and I will pull out that. Uh, this is a special occasion. I'll pull out that long great sword that I have and take a swipe at him because he's standing right in front of me.
0: All right, go ahead and roll.
2: Does a nineteen hit?
0: Nineteen does hit. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. I
2: was worried because he isn't he in full plate.
0: He's not in full plate. The guards of the cave were in full plate, but he does. He does have a splint armor
2: on. Sure. Oh, not great. One, two, three, four, five, six. Plus. So six plus four. So six slashing damage. Four necrotic damage for ten total damage.
0: Ooh, ten total damage. Okay. Langdarosa, he's uh he's trying to like throw this liquid off of him, this emanating, he's just like your witchcraft or not. Take hold upon me. As you just swipe into him with this massive greatsword that you've got. Just, uh, uh he's taking some damage. Langdarosa De is definitely taking some damage here. Do you do you move at all?
2: no i'll keep him i'll keep him in melee with me right in front of me
0: kind of like you 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 and him right now is what it seems like okay all right the halfling seeing that uh has fled is also going to flee uh westward out of the tent flap and fleeple you see another figure just run out of the tent flap 30 feet away from your current direction so, Lance, it is now your turn. You still are right in front of uh, Langda here. How is this dude looking? He's looking like he's taking some hits, but he is very angry and he's very just like, uh, you can um, just from your passive like insight, if you will, um, you can tell that he's like, although he's very angry, he's like alert and heightened right now.
3: So he's not like weary at this moment
0: doesn't seem like he's uh, necessarily like about to fall down.
3: Crap, what do we do here? There's two guards freaking behind me. Part of me wants to run, part of me wants to stay.
0: Okay. And then, Fleeple, you're next, after Lance. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do.
3: I'm going to, if you would allow me, Thomas, almost as a free action, I would like to shout something. Okay, yeah, shouting is uh, pretty typical, see ya. Okay, I will just shout, because uh, Balaam has left the tent, and I will just shout, "Stop the traitor from leaving!" Trying to get those guards outside, maybe to think that Balaam's causing this crap. Okay, I'm just gonna throw that out there, see if okay. it sticks. Sounds good. Um, okay, that's a free action. Yeah. All right, then I'm going to. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, use my regular action with my short sword again and stab at this dude. Okay. Go in front of us. Attack. And, oh, wait. Actually, you know what? Nope. Changing that. Oh, no, I can't do that. Never mind. No, no. I'm just going to stab him. Okay. I'm just going to stab stabby him. I thought about, I'll go behind him to flank him, but then I'm in the freaking moonbeam. So, <laughs> stabby stab. So, never mind. All right. Stabby stab, stab,
2: stab. But don't you get something because I'm standing there still?
3: That That's for sneak attack if I hit. The roll is 16.
0: Sixteen misses. Oh
3: my gosh, Sky!
0: As you go, you swipe at your uh, short sword, but with uh, Langorosa getting a, just pummeled by Mal, uh, he's able to uh, hold up one of his greaves, and it just and just slides off of it, sparks flying in the air. That's your action. All right, I will take
3: my bonus action to, I believe, with my little rogue thing, disengage. Great, and I'm going to move
0: to this corner of the tent. Southeastern corner of the tent, so to speak? Okay.
3: Yes. Southeastern. So I'm moving kind of toward where uh, Mondath has kind of retreated. I'm not going into her living quarters, but I'm moving, yeah, to right up. So I am now kind of behind to the side him.
0: So you jaunt seen him, and as you John seen him, you just make your way over to the south- southwest corner, um, just butt- buckling down, so to speak, right? Yes. And
3: I don't think I've used a free action, so I don't think I, I was going to take a health potion. But I don't think I should push it because I've already taken kind of a free action.
0: Yeah, this turn. I like to do health bonus uh, as bonus actions. Um, so. Oh, I thought they were just free actions to pop. Okay. Well, in the rules, they're actually a full action to take. I just think that's that's a little bit too much. So I like bonus actions. So. Good to know for future. So you're just you're kind of hunkering down, yelling, "Stop the
1: traitor!" Great, Fleeple, your turn. Uh, I see Balam coming right towards me and I think it's time for this guy to get his. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave the moonbeam where it is. Uh, There's nothing within five feet of him. Is there?
0: Uh, No, he's pretty clear of uh, the drakes. So there's nothing within that range.
1: Okay. So then I'm just going to produce flame, the old standby and toss it right at his face. And you can check it a good 50 feet, or do you need to run up to him a little bit closer? Uh, produce Flame, I can throw up to 30 feet away. So I'm going to uh, close in 10 more feet at least, uh, start my uh, first 10 feet moving in there, and toss the Produce Flame, which is a 17 to hit.
0: 17 is a hit.
1: All right. Dealing, uh, Brain Brain, 6 fire damage.
0: Six fire damage, all right, still up. So um, as you uh, toss this towards him, Balam seeing this fire, not expecting it to come from anywhere, let alone from a kobold, and as he just gets cinched, (laughs) ah, he looks towards you and just, you, you.
1: I'm going to close in the rest of my uh, 30 feet, so I'm 10 feet away from him and I'm just gonna go, I heard traitor, I heard traitor. And I'm gonna look at all the guard drakes and just point right at him. Okay, 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 sounds good. I'm gonna roll for them to see how they react when it comes to their turn, but okay,
0: well Well. Well done. Langda Rosa is starting in the Moonbeam. So, it's gonna make another con save. Ooh, that's a fail.
1: Yes! Finally! That is going to be sixteen radiant damage.
0: There you go. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. As
0: he's just pummeled with this stuff, uh, he, this this moonbeam is really starting to. Uh, he's just was so focused on the hex that he wasn't focusing on the beam. Pushing down, Superman-style, down upon the weight upon his body, and Mal, you can see, and Lance, you can see that the scales are start. Some of them are starting to peel off of his body here, and he's starting to like show, like red underneath, like flesh, and he's just. Well done there. He is looking real hurt there. Nice. Uh, He's gonna look to you, uh, Mal, and he's gonna go. If I'm going down, I'm taking one of you with me. And he's, uh, he's just gonna with his great sword go at you, Mel. Bring it. That is a 19 to hit.
2: Don't bring it that hard.
0: Okay, 19. Six. Yeah. And uh, that's a 24. Yeah. Okay. The first one is 12 points of slashing damage. Are you up? I'm still up. Okay, the second one, 13 points of slashing damage.
2: Great. That is reduced to zero, but with my relentless endurance there you go. I'm at one point instead. Orcs. There's
3: a half orc. There's the orc side she hates.
0: me <laughs> was like, I, I I I I might kill Mickey. This is this this is gonna suck. Oh, this is good. So you immediately, the first one, the arcane energy tries to rebuff the great sword attack. It goes through your armor. The second one comes right for you, and he just digs in further in that same spot, and you just, and you, and you fall to the ground. But as you do, you fall, and he, and he starts to limp away. But as he does, you wake up, and without realizing it, leaving your attack of opportunity. So from the ground, you may take an attack of opportunity against him if you yes. so desire.
3: Oh, he's walking away.
0: <sighs> and he's just stalking towards you, Lance.
2: 22.
0: That's a hit. Yeah. Finish him.
2: Oh, that was really good. Uh, nine, ten, eleven slashing. Plus... Six hex. Six necrotic.
0: So what's the total? 17.
2: Great. 17. I someone else was counting for me. Now, yeah.
0: tell us how it is done.
2: Yeah! Yeah! As he knocks her back and she's on the ground, she feels that life return to her. She stands up and grabs a sword that has fallen from the ground and just takes a quick slice up as he's walking away and takes off his head finally somebody's head's rolling takes off his head as he tries to walk away from her
0: oh and with uh you hold pushing yourself up you see him stalking toward lance a little bit like holding his side uh his scales all the blue has almost disappeared from his head as his scales are just being disintegrated by this moonbeam and he just has a wicked grin towards you lance just one step two steps and then all of a sudden very uh just with one hand almost and the head just and the body and you just see mal standing there (sighs) and you see her just holding herself up using this great sword
1: langarosa defeated can the head hit balam in the back
3: (laughs) outside the tent
0: (laughs) I would love that, but I don't think the head would travel a good 50 feet to get to him. Lance <laughs> is going, ha! Ah.
3: Ooh,
1: what does he have? Ooh,
0: oh, he's got some shiny stuff. Uh, well done, Mel. Oh, well done. <laughs> the the two guards, <laughs> after you do this, Mel, you're just panting pretty much on your knees, not even like fully standing up, and you just... You look behind them, blood just pouring out of your mouth almost, <sighs> and both of them just, they stare at you and they turn and get out of Dodge right out of the front entrance. They run past the Drakes, past Balam, uh, almost past, they pass Fleeple even. Uh, Fleeple, you just see two random guards just book it away. Just Scooby-Doo like windmill. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Um, there's there's like a 10 second wind up before they make it. They move anywhere. You know, uh, the, <laughs> that's how severe it is. Can I say something to Mal? Uh, sure. Yeah, go for it.
3: Say, Mal, do you have a healing potion?
2: That's exactly what I've been looking for. I'm like, where, where is my inventory on this as a campaign? As
0: a player, you've
2: been looking yes. to see if you have one. Yeah, I'm like, where's my so stuff? Mouse yeah. just
0: looking through her bag.
3: No. no. <laughs>
2: uh, with a shaky, bleeding hand, she'll reach into her bag and hold up a small healing potion in her fist.
3: All right, good. Um, I guess because you're, are you about? To, you're probably about to take that. Um, do you need mine as well?
2: She'll shake her head, and then she'll take the healing potion.
0: So on your turn, we'll get to that for sure. Yeah, sounds good. So after this short inter- interchange, um, still in front of Mondath, who is still in the tent here with her oh, spirit Oh, I thought Guardians. Mondath went behind her little flap thing.
2: Yeah, I was wondering that too, if she was in the same area or if she was behind a flap.
0: Uh, she is behind like a, a small flap, which denotes like her living space. Uh, so she, you have to like go through like this sort of like almost curtain. Uh, it's not like a heavy tent flap. So she's not in this immediate room, but she's still in the tent. And you know her to just be on the other side of you, Lance, right now. Um, after checking on Mal, you still are aware um, and you quickly like... You see her, and you see the spirit guardians swarming around her. These tiny red dragons just breathing fire throughout the air that seem to be engulfing her. We get to Balam, who it's Balam's turn here, ten feet from Fleeple, and going, You have brought me nothing but pain and frustration! And reaches out to you, Fleeple, and is going to... Uh, is going to
3: um what so the order of combat I thought Balam was after me
0: uh, Balam is after you he's at the bottom of the initiative order with Frulon Mondath
3: but Mickey just went at the top
2: no I did as a reaction it was um, oh that was
0: the attack of opportunity
3: Lenerosa's, Okay, yeah, it was Lendorosa's turn. Lendorosa's that's turn. right that's right that's right yeah.
0: okay just double um, okay yes thank you okay so, <clears throat> so Balam is gonna cast ice knife at you Bet you won't. Oh, oh! You call me out? You call me out? Don't, you, you don't! Last time, time that
2: happened to me, I hit zero hit points.
1: <laughs> Natural twenty. Well. Okay. Gosh, the, the race to Bard continues. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs>
3: <Seriously>? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm technically beating you right now because you have not been injured yet, <laughs> but you're about to.
0: Well, that is ten points of piercing damage. All right. And you, you understanding what's about to happen. You, you're trying to dive away from this uh explosion here as it uh sort of is just, just levitating in the air before you. As the familiar beep, beep 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 beep. Go and
1: make a dexterity saving throw. Well, that is going to be not too bad. That is a twenty-one. Oh, that's a yeah. You, that's a success there. But you still take two points of cold damage. Two points of cold damage. Well, now I'm down to six. How do you feel about that, Lance? (laughs) I
3: feel like I need to catch up. (laughs) (laughs) But you won't
0: die first, but But you you won't. won't. (laughs) (laughs) So, as all of this is happening, Mal, Lance, you're in the tent. Not out of danger Mondath is in the other ter- in the is in the other room unsure of where this is gonna go, where this is gonna lead here and uh Flippel, you going mono a mano with Balam here. everybody there seems to be like a silence and all of a sudden uh Just this long drawn out very like tribal horn just is blown throughout the entire like that reverberates in this being in this natural caldera if you will it just echoes and just bounces off the walls and everybody just pauses and all of a sudden you see the guard tower at the front entrance to the entire caldera just ignite into flame from the ground a spiral just just immediately faster than it should it just licks up the sides and you hear just screams and yells and the guards surrounding the tents are shouting for order shouting shouting at what's going on and that is where we'll end tonight's episode of I Cast fireball. <laughs> wow!
3: There you go. Oh man, it felt good. That moonbeam was everybody. crucial. Yeah,
2: dude. <sighs> oh man, that moonbeam was crucial. A lot yeah.
3: of a lot of clutch a lot of clutch moves, man. Yeah. Uh, that From everyone. I us. did
0: not expect that. I almost wanted to give it to you with that argument, like you being like, oh, well, it looks like, you just playing it like, well.
2: He made a great argument. Oh, Oh, man, it was amazing. Like even bringing back Ovac that like Mal didn't kill Ovac. And I was like, I like to think, because Lance
3: has terrible charisma, but I like to think with this little feature, it just gives him confidence, even though it's probably not very good. He just thinks, I'm really good right now. (laughs) As soon as I shift proficiencies, Lance is just going to be like,
1: Oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> Does Lance just have like a big hairy mole right between his eyebrows that he doesn't know about?
0: Yeah,
3: it's just <laughs> persuading everybody not to listen to me.
0: Oh man. Oh yeah, that's the way the roles went, out, unfortunately, but man, yeah. some great stuff happened tonight. This was yeah. and we'll see what happens next time more with the orcs getting in on it next time on iCast Fireball. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of iCast Fireball. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed playing this episode, especially with the chaos of being in the Cultist Camp. Uh, just from wherever you get your podcasts from, please leave us a review. It's going to help us a ton in getting us into other people's recommendations, and we just really like to know that you like that you like what we're doing. Um, and it lets us know that the direction we're heading is uh, the right one. You can also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, how you're doing, and we're hoping to get the word out there to set this podcast on fire. Pun intended. To get the most recent update of content, please follow us on our Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. That's iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insight from players and the DM, behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. As always, we've got our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as a GM and runs through mini one-month adventures using the Fate Accelerated Tabletop System. We recommend you go ahead and give him a listen. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I am Thomas, your DM, and around the table, we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Keep the fire going, and see you next time.